0: Today we begin a new series on true love. The greatest character trait of our Savior that we can emulate is love. Without it, we are nothing. As followers of Christ, we can't truly reflect His character without love. Yet love is the most misunderstood and probably one of the most misapplied words in the English language. We don't understand what it really is about, but we understand when we don't feel love from someone, and we certainly know when we are truly loved. When I was studying at St. Edmund's College in Cambridge in the UK, we observed a cemetery one day, and on one end of the cemetery, there, were, there was a tombstone there. A man had died who was very wealthy in the English village there, and He was so despised, disliked, and disdained by the people there that when they buried him, they never put his name on his tomb. And here's what it said from those who were broken and lost everything, from this man who loved only himself and only his possessions. This is what it said on his tomb. It said, here lies a miser who lived for himself and cared for nothing but gathering wealth. Now here he is... How he is and where he fares, nobody knows, and really no one cares. What a sad reflection on a life of a man that was so influential financially in this world. But on the other end, there's a very small grave there, a very simple grave. And we were told that this man was one of the most sacrificial men in the community. When a family lost everything that they had there, and he was an elderly gentleman, he gave them his house. And he lived in a shack behind his house the rest of his days. He routinely gave away his clothing that he would receive at Christmas from family members to those who were less fortunate. He gave away all that he had. and When he died, the entire village gathered around his little grave. And here's what it says on a sign over where he was buried. It said, Sacred is the memory of Charles George Gordon who at all times and everywhere gave his strength to the weak, his substance to the poor, his sympathy to the suffering, and his heart to God. And because of him, we trust God. This kind of love is never selfish. It is always that way. The love of God will change us forevermore and always. I want to begin this series today, and we will go for seven more weeks thinking about this chapter. And I want to think about this very important identity trait that you must have. Many people love and love things about them. Some people love themselves. Other people love everything. But what kind of love are you talking about? Because the love of God is not the typical love that we see in the world today. It's sacrificial. It's giving. It always focuses on another. Jesus gave himself away for us and remember he was God He was perfect. He owed no one anything. But He expressed the greatest love by being obedient to the Father. And the Father demonstrated His love by giving to us the best that He had, His Son. In your relationship with Christ, which is more important than all things, there's one thing that you must understand above all things. If you don't reflect the love of Christ, you're not reflecting Him. A couple of things I want to mention very quickly as we begin. Number one, love is forever, according to Scripture. First Corinthians 13, 13 says, Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Remember, secondly, that without love, you don't know Christ. First John 4, 8 says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. If you don't have the capacity to love, and you think you're a Christian, I've got bad news for you, you're not. Learn to understand love and to practice that and then you'll understand God. And then lastly, nothing can separate you from God's love. When Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome, people who suffered, many sacrificed their lives to be people of faith, he said this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We need to walk in that love. We need to be demonstrators of that love. God is love. And we need to spend more time loving people. We need to understand that some people are not very lovable, and certainly we're not at many times. But it's not about whether or not we deserve love. No, that's not why you love you love because you're reflecting who Christ is. In the Bible, we see that there are three words for love. Yet I want to look at only one, agape. That's the sacrificial love, the unmerited love that God gives to us. You know, we look at little babies when they're newborn and you can't help but walk by the nursery window at the hospital and look down and smile. The grouchiest curmudgeon that never cracked a smile will have a heart that melts when they look through that window and see those little ones. Yet the reality is within a few weeks after they're born, they can be the messiest, most self-centered creatures that ever lived. And it's our job to nurture and love them and continue to love them even when they're not very lovable. I'll never forget when my nephew was born and, and he, was, he was just amazing. But I looked at the situation. His dad stood there who was six foot five and his dad was this giant of a man and he was sitting at the breakfast table and this little child began to drop his little teething ring on the floor. And the dad would pick it up and hand it back to him and then the child would drop it again. And he finally looked and he said, why does he keep dropping it? And I said, you don't understand. He's playing fetch and you're the dog. He's teaching you something. And he looked and he said... And I'm supposed to love this, right? I said, no, you're supposed to love Him. We go through changes in life, all of us, from from when we're born forward. And sometimes we're selfish and sometimes we're self-centered. But God's love permeates that and possesses that and overcomes all of that. God wants us to understand that unmerited favor. Everybody has times when they're lovable and they're wonderful. But most of us have times when we need love when we deserve it the least. And that's when God loves us. We come to church and we hopefully are on our best behavior. But the reality is God sees us when we're on our worst behavior. And He still loves us. His compassion, it rolls down to us in an amazing way. I want to think about a couple of things today as I think about the generalities of love, and as we build this foundation to understand love. And the first thing I want you to understand is simply this. Love is the selfless promotion of others for no reason other than love. Let me say that again. Love is the selfless promotion of others for no other reason but love. Now, that doesn't make sense to a lot of people because most of what we do is selfish. But God promotes us because He loves us. It's not about something in us that draws Him, it's about something in Him. And because of that, we understand what that love is. It's not even the, the action of, 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 of taking care of the poor, according to this passage of Scripture, that makes us lovable. It's not when we sacrifice our own lives. First of all, our lives aren't our own. None of these things are really about love. Love is when we're not the center of our world, but someone else is. People can do something nice, but that doesn't mean that they love. That just means they're a nice person. A long time ago I had a preacher say this to me. He said a lot of good people are going to die and go to hell and a lot of bad people are going to die and go to heaven because it's not about good and bad. It's about who God has forgiven of their sins and they've accepted that gift. Now good and bad is based upon how we are in the process of cleansing our lives or sanctifying our lives. And, and some people are ahead of others and some people have forgotten that pathway. But the love of God compels all of us to go and to be with Him. There's nothing wrong with, with, with our loving ourselves. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But be careful about that love because sometimes you can become addicted to that. And we must remember that God loves us not because we're great or we're wonderful. In fact, I've always said that I believe what a Christian should be is we should be a perfect reflection of Christ and nothing else. It's not Christ plus our traits and abilities. No, not at all. It's taking away everything about us that's self-promoting and allowing us to be that reflection of Him. And then when people look into us and see His love, it's amazing. You ever met someone that was just so sweet and kind and nice and and they, they encouraged you as a Christian so much so and they reflected Jesus so powerfully that you thought they were the most beautiful person in the world, yet when you stood back and looked at them, you thought, well, no, they're really they're not gorgeous or beautiful. But Christ is beautiful in them. Only He can do that. Only He can take the withered soul and give it life. Only He can take the one that's lost their way and give them purpose and a place. Only He can give us a, compa- a compassion to love and a capacity to give We had nothing before. So the selfless selfless promotion of others is the greatest act of love that we can have. Love cannot be motivated by a response. Please understand that. Some people give because they get. That's not why we give. God gave to us in a sacrificial way, not because we would give back to Him, but because He is love. He wants us to be that kind of reflection. People will mistreat us. There are going to be times when you're going to love someone and you're going to give everything and you'll get nothing back. But don't let that be your motivation for love. Because God calls us to give in a mighty way. I've heard Christians say, if someone does this to me, forget me ever being kind to them again. No, that's not at all how we react. Jesus looked down at those who had scourged Him and beaten Him and turned their backs on Him, who had ridiculed Him, who had taken the God of this world, the One who created everything that was there, and they spat upon Him and they hated Him. And He looked back at them and He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Dear people, that's love. That's true love. From time to time, we as humanity want to judge people. We want to stand in that position above them and and look at their life and do a survey of what they've done and pronounce judgment upon them. But we're not really classified to do that. In fact, God made it very plain. He said, when you begin to practice that, I will take that level of judgment and use it upon you. He said, as you forgive others, I'll forgive you. You but if you judge them, I will judge you by that same measure. Because he wants us to understand that love never judges. Now, I know people misuse that sometimes, and they'll say, don't judge me, you know, don't look at me, don't criticize me. No, we're called to do one thing, to love people. And sometimes it's easy to love those that we're familiar with or we like. But we're called to love everyone. 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 And that's a tough bill because look in the mirror, dear friend. There are times that you're not so lovable. I know there are many times that I'm not lovable. But God loves us anyway. Secondly, I want you to realize if a person never responded in a positive way, you're still supposed to love them. You're supposed to care for them you're supposed to reach out to them. I've got a good friend that worked for many years in a dog sanctuary in Atlanta for abused animals. That's one of the oddest backyards I've ever walked into in my life. They had a four-acre backyard that was fenced in and it was sectioned off. And each little... Area, each little venue there looked like a Garden of Eden almost. It had its own little doghouse and it had its own little run there and it had grass and trees and it was just gorgeous. It was well manicured. And in each one of those little sections, there was an animal there that had been profoundly abused. Most of them were angry, some of them were terrified, all of them were just awkward. In fact, I I dubbed their their backyard the Island of Misfit Toys a long time ago because I'd never seen anything quite like that. But the the wife of my friend that, that operates this place is an amazing woman. She'll go back there and she'll love on these animals that have been abused. And she's got some there that have never responded in a positive way. They hide when she comes in their enclosure. They wait till she leaves to come and eat the food. They never show any kind of response because their life has been so brutal that they have lost touch with what love really is. They they can't even associate someone bringing them food and water and caring for them as love. I made the statement one time, I said... What purpose do do these animals have for existing? They'll be with you the rest of their lives. And and, and this is what she said. She said, each one of these animals, much like we have been in life, they've gone through some horrible situations. Some have come back. Some never will come back. But all deserve love. And she said, when I walk into the enclosure... I begin to know a little bit of what God feels like when He reaches down to one of us that is broken. Now here's what's sad. This lady is a beautiful woman. She's now in her 60s. But her hands are scarred from being bitten by animals that did not understand what was going on. She has several fingers that are broken and splintered. From attacks, but she still loves. And I believe that through that I've understood more about what love is all about. The greatest thing about love is it doesn't expect anything back, it loves just for the sake of loving. But then lastly, realize this nothing you do will profit you unless you do it from the motive of God's love. Only through His love. Will you ever profit from anything or be blessed by it? And your blessings are not enumerated in in a list. They're demonstrated on your face as you change. Because God is love. God doesn't have the trait of love. It's not a part of His personality or character. He is love. Everything about Him is love. I marvel at the fact that once He created mankind and we fell, that He didn't just cast us away and start over again. That's what we would have done if we built a house and the house was not square or level when we started and we constantly had trouble with the house. We'd take it apart and rebuild it. Or we'd burn it down and start over. But God loves us even in our brokenness. And knowing we would be broken, He planned a way of escape that we could remain with Him. And we bear in our body the scars of our own sins and they'll remain there for most of our lives here. Yet they can become the greatest sign of who and what we are. I read this statement the other day and I'll end with this because I want you to think about what God rewards and blesses. And I read this. Love is the fabric of a life well lived, and grief is the tapestry of a life that's well loved. Let me say that again. Love is the fabric of a life well lived, but grief is the tapestry of a life well loved. And if you are not loved, you are missing the greatest of gifts. And if you've not suffered through grief, then you've not begun to design that tapestry that you will demonstrate before the world. Over the next couple of months, we're going to think about love. How we can love one another. To understand a greater depth of how God loves us. And to learn that when we love others, we are giving the greatest gift we can to them. We're building a relationship or a bridge that they can cross and come to Christ. And I pray that you'll be a part of that. Let us pray. Father, I ask that you would speak to us now and cause us to be people who are faithful to you. For every encounter we have with you through your Holy Spirit, we're changed. And I pray that the change would be evident in every way in our lives. Father, I pray that you would speak to someone this morning who's struggling with love because Maybe they've not been loved as they should have been or maybe they've never really experienced true love or, or they've had love that just simply didn't touch them and change them but hurt them and scarred them. And I pray that understand that true love that is from you is something unlike anything we'll ever experience. It's sacrificial, it's accepting, and it's life-altering forever. Lord, I pray today that someone would hear what I'm sharing from my heart and they'd be changed in their view of what true love really is. And I pray that as we go down this journey of the next few months, we would begin to grow in our love and our compassion for those round about us. Now Lord, speak to someone today who needs to make a decision to accept your gift of salvation or to come and join this church or to be baptized or simply to set their hearts in a circumspect way to follow You obediently, day by day, loving those around them in a sacrificial way, in a way that will change their lives forever. Father, speak to someone today, and may we hear You. For it's in Your holy name we do pray. Amen.